KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio in depth. I'm Matt Leon. Trust for America's Health, a nonprofit public health policy, research, and advocacy organization, recently released a report that focused on the role of social determinants in Americans' health and offered policy ideas to make people healthier for less money with better access for all. To talk about this report, caught up with Adam Lustig. He is a senior policy development manager at Trust for America's Health. Give a listen. All right, to start, kind of talk to me what we're you guys looking for in this report when you were digging into this? What was the goal? What did you want to find? Sure. Um, So uh, for this report, uh, we first wanted to highlight what are some evidence-based policies. So those policies that have strong research supporting them that have been shown to improve health, help control costs, and help advance health equity. So um, the COVID-19 pandemic has really shown a light on the inequities um, in our in our country, not only um, in the health front, but in many different aspects of life. And so in this report, we not only highlight uh, what are the, the, some of the health implications of that, but what are some of the economic implications? What are some of the education implications? And how can we ensure that everyone has an opportunity to live a full and healthy life? And what did you find? Kind of give me to to start with kind of the top line look at this. Sure. Um, So uh, we identified a number of policies and uh, we'll throw them into uh, five five buckets. So the first one that we talk about supporting access to high quality health services. And so this includes supporting increased use and training of community health workers, which are uh, community members that are providing services to their fellow neighbors to help connect them with the health services they, they need. Um, We also talk about adopting Medicaid expansion. Um, So there are still 12 states remaining in the United States that have not yet adopted Medicaid expansion. And that is millions of people across the country who cannot afford or access health care, which is incredibly unfortunate and that really furthers the disparities that we've seen. Uh, We also talk about promoting economic mobility. So this is um, can be for those who have uh, jobs already. And so that could be something like a, a living wage or increasing the minimum wage beyond the, the federal minimum wage, which is $7.25, which I know Pennsylvania, um, uh, that is their current uh, minimum wage. I know Governor Wolf has discussed uh, potentially raising that. Um, we also talk about paid sick leave and paid family leave. So there are millions and millions of people across the country who do not have access to these very important benefits. And I think the, the COVID-19 pandemic has really shown the importance of these uh, benefits, because if someone is uh, sick with either potentially COVID or they have a family member that's sick, uh, they want to make sure that they can take leave from work and not fear being fired from their position. Uh, we also highlight uh, affordable housing issues. And so this ranges from housing choice vouchers, which is uh, a lot of people know, know as Section 8 vouchers. Uh, and we also talk about legal supports for tenants who are in eviction proceedings. A lot of people don't know that when someone is facing eviction, um, since it's not in a criminal court, that they are not afforded um, a representation or a lawyer. And so when they're often facing eviction and a landlord shows up, uh, they most likely have uh, a lawyer representing them and an individual who does not have a lot of knowledge about the law um, has difficulty in those eviction proceedings. Uh, We also talk about promoting uh, safe and healthy learning environments for children. So we address things like early childhood education, like pre-K or Head Start. 
uh, we talk about uh, promoting access to the national school lunch and school breakfast programs, um, which is a critical resource for millions of children across the country. Um, and it's often the, the only reliable meals that they have every day. And then we also talk about su supporting school-based health centers. So for in a lot of areas, especially rural areas, uh, children and their families may have difficulty in accessing a health provider. And so uh, schools often either partner with a, a local health system or um, develop a, a health center themselves so that they can provide those services. And finally, our last bucket is uh, health promoting excise taxes. And so uh, in that we address tobacco taxes, alcohol taxes, and I think uh, something especially relevant for Philadelphia, uh, sugar sweetened beverage taxes. And we talk about not only how should those taxes be implemented, but how should the revenue uh, made from those taxes be used to reinvest into health promoting policies. And it's interesting, I know a kind of a baseline for this is you talk about how individuals health so much of it and to the point of the, the kind of the five buckets you point out so much of it goes beyond things that are under your control. That's right. So, um, Actually, when you when you look at what makes up someone's health, only 20% of that is related to actual medical or clinical care. The other 80% is related to your social and economic context. It's related to your own health behaviors. So if you think about uh, children who may be food insecure, they may not have the opportunity to eat a healthy meal. They have to eat the uh, cheap meal or whatever it's in front of them that, that may not be best for them in the long term. And I want to talk, uh, one of the, the recommendations, and you talk about supporting access to high-quality health care services, adopt Medicaid expansion. And I think you said 12 states uh, are still, have have not done that. And this, we're talking, you know, the Affordable Care Act, you know, so we're 10, 11 years. Is there anything past political that's keeping these states from from doing this? Because it kind of seems like a slam dunk to me as a layman. So, um uh, unfortunately, it is rather political. Um, however, uh, some of the concerns we often hear related to the states that are hesitant to adopt Medicaid expansion is the uh, economic or fiscal concerns related to it. Um, however, uh, evidence has shown that states that have expanded Medicaid um, have actually uh, seen reductions in uncompensated care. Uh, it has improved hospitals' financial standing. And this is critically important, especially in states that have large rural communities, because uh, in, in many states across the country, uh, rural hospitals have been closing because they just don't have, they're not making enough money to stay open. And then people lose the access to the very limited health services that they already had. And so um, in our report, we really try to emphasize the economic benefits of Medicaid expansion recognizing that, as you said, um, it's, it's almost a no-brainer in terms of that the health impact of being able to access um, health care, um, but also really relying on that economic argument to try and uh, c convince folks and, and get those last 12 states over the line. I feel like a lot of the things that are discussed in this report and the, a lot of the recommendations are things we're hearing about, you know, in one degree or another, either on the federal level or state to state. Uh, are you encouraged by the direction of some of the things that are at least being talked about being implemented, if not already implemented? Um, we, we definitely are. I think there, there's been a lot of issues, I think, especially over the past two years with the COVID-19 pandemic that has really shown a light on the importance of those issues. Um, so I already talked about sort of a greater recognition of paid sick leave and paid family leave. I think there's also been a, a greater recognition 
of uh, the importance of uh, education, especially with so many uh, children uh, having to go through remote learning, and what are the types of uh, mental or behavioral impacts that can have on children. Um, so one of the policies we talk about is integrating social emotional learning programs in schools. And so this really teaches resilience for, uh, to children. So how do you deal with um, difficult situations and how do you ensure um, that children can live healthy lives going forward? Um, and then also we've seen uh, with the economic uncertainty, uh, a, a lot of folks may not know where their next meal is coming from. And so um, in our report, as I, I previously highlighted, we really emphasize the importance of increasing access to school meals. And we've seen a lot of flexibility during the COVID-19 pandemic from the federal government to broaden that access to school meals for, for all children. And so previously, uh, children had to uh, their families had to prove uh, their income level in order to qualify for those meals. But the, the flexibility provided by the federal government has really opened that up, recognizing that people may fall in and out of poverty uh, throughout the pandemic. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In Depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.